ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, May 20th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original white beer. So today we find out what the NCAA is going to allow and the Division I Council has approved the start of voluntary athletic activities in football, men's, and women's basketball beginning June 1st. What does that mean? That's a good question because that's going to mean something different for every university and institution in the great United States of America. I mean, what's, what does that really mean? First of all, voluntary. Is that really a thing? Voluntary? What will coaches really say to their players? Hey, look, I'm going to need you to get here. I mean, will some coaches compel the players to to come back? Will some coaches be like, okay, look, if you can't come, if you can't get here, or you can't do this right now, you know, we understand. I mean, you're going to have the full spectrum here. But what does that mean? Activities in football, men's and women's basketball, because you're going to have some institutions that might say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You might have some institutions that are going to be on board with this and going to be able to do it. Now, this period is going to run from June 1st to June 30th. Other sports will be acted upon on a later date. What all this means still is going to come out here in the next few days because we don't know what the policies are going to be, but per the universities. Because a lot of things, I'm sure, have been planned and put into place to make this happen, and a lot of things probably still need to be done as far as, okay, will there be testing? How will that take place? You have student-athletes on campus participating. Will that mean they're going to be tested every day, every other day? You know, what kind of quarantine procedures will be in place? Will players that have to come back out of state have to quarantine in place for a few days? Will Marshall football players, the ones that participate, will they mandatorily be quarantined? What's going to be the deal? And the same with BWVU as well and across the country. What's going to be the policy? And I'm sure it's going to vary. What will the sanitation procedures look like? Everything that has to go into place here because if you bring these student-athletes back, and I'm not saying that this is going to automatically mean that a lot of people are going to spike in cases and kids are going to get sick. I'm not saying that. But you still have to act as if, okay, anyone can have it, and you're trying to keep your kids as safe as possible, and you make these uh, voluntary athletic activities available for them. And honestly, if you're going to attempt to play football, You need to have these kids getting better. And I'm not talking about getting better as far as knowing the playbook. I'm just talking about their strength and conditioning. And that really, that's the key. You're bringing these kids back to work on strength and conditioning and to get into better shape so you don't put them in basically a bad position later. These kids don't necessarily have the access to everything they need to keep in shape when they're at home. Let's be honest. If you go to a Division I school, you're probably going to have, for the most part, a better system in place, facility-wise, everything else that goes along with it, 
at the university than you would at home. I mean, that's just fair to say. So that's what this is going to be about, getting kids on campus, getting them in activities. And this goes for football, men's, and women's basketball. Why football? That's where the money's at. Football is basically paying the bill for everything else for the most part. Men's and women's basketball. Well, you can't have men's basketball without women's basketball. It's the same sport, basketball. So you have to be fair for both the men and women. You have to do it equally. So both the men and women will be able to begin their workouts and their activities June 1st. Again, don't know what that looks like. I'm sure it's going to be a different situation for the basketball team than it is the football team. I mean, football, for the most part, they can work outside if they need to. They'll have also the access to the weight and the facilities, the indoor athletic complex. They're going to have access to all that. Some universities don't have that necessarily in the complexity and the detail that Marshall does. Some do. I mean, every university is going to have its own setup. Same thing for basketball. You're going to bring these kids back on campus. You're going to make sure that they're safe. You're going to make sure that they're in a situation where they can feel comfortable. And that's going to be the other thing, making sure these athletes feel comfortable, feel safe. I mean, these young men and women want to get back at it. We understand. And this is just roadmap to starting football starting point. This is it. This is the roadmap to starting. One, get these kids back on campus, voluntary athletic activities, voluntary. So the onus is on these kids. If you want to participate, you have the choice. And you've got a month. And I'm sure universities have got plans in place or they're finalizing plans right now. And I'm sure we'll hear in the next few weeks what the plans are going to be specifically for Marshall, but across the country, what universities are going to put in place. And I'm sure conferences are going to have specific guidelines, I'm sure, that their conference members should follow. And I'm sure everyone's trading notes right now because as bad as everybody wants football back, health and safety, that's got to be the key. Right? I think we can all agree on that. Because, honestly, football is going to happen. We just don't know if it's going to be fans in the stands or not. Ohio State's got a plan, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. They've got a plan to put fans in the stands. It's not going to be full capacity, but they have a plan. Now, what does that look like at Marshall University? What does a 20% capacity at Jones C. Edwards Stadium look like as far as seating is concerned? How does that play out? Six feet minimum? How do you... How do you space everyone out? And who gets the tickets? That's the question. If you're going to do something like that, who gets the tickets? How do you space everyone? And then how do you decide who gets the tickets? Will it be big green donors? Obviously. People who spend the money? Yes. Those people will probably have higher priority points. We'll go with a point system. And we'll talk about what Ohio State's going to do. But that's what I could see happening. Again, I don't know. I don't have the answers just yet. So I honestly admit to you, right now, until I get to talk to a few people who are behind the scenes and who are actually making the concrete plans and they share it with us, right now I'm throwing everything out on the table. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but these are things that are could happen. You could have maybe reduced capacity at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And then you're going to figure out, okay, who gets to sit where? And what side of the stadium are you going to be on? Okay, hey, we know you're chairbacks supporter, you spend enough to get the chair back, but uh, we're going to have to spread you out a little bit. You're not going to necessarily get to sit in the chair back. And then do you have access to the press box? That's another question. And these are all side issues right now. The main focus here is that voluntary athletic activities 
can return in football and men's and women's basketball, and that will begin on June 1st. So I'm looking forward to hearing what those specific plans will be if Marshall University is willing to share, and of course, other institutions across the country. I'm kind of curious to see what those plans look like so we can all compare notes. But we got more to get into. Kentucky and Michigan, they had a London game scheduled. Guess what? They're they're changing that. They're moving some things around. Also, some more news in college athletics today. Again, more sports are looking at ways of saving money, and we'll focus on what's happening at UTSA since they're in Conference USA. We want to see what's happening with them. And as I mentioned, Ohio State, they've got – a plan. It's not maybe the plan, but they have a plan, or at least it's part of their planning, what they might do, what they think they can do, what they could get away with. And they've got an idea of maybe what seating looks like. They've got the stadium, though. They've got the stadium to do that. 20, 25, 30,000 maybe? Who knows? you got to do the math, and you got to figure out really what, what health officials are going to allow you to do. And so universities right now are probably coming up with, okay, here's what we look like at this reduced capacity. Here's what we look like without fans, minimum support. The plans are being drawn up right now. And Ohio State, at least we've got an idea of what their plan looks like, and that could be a glimpse into what's happening across the country specifically. I mean, if Marshall has to operate with reduced fans, you could probably see maybe both sides of the stadium utilized. And, you know, would you have it down to 5,000, 10,000 fans at most? Smaller number than that? Would you even be able to utilize your your press box, your luxury suites for, for fans? I mean, it's a small contained space. That's another question. And that's where a lot of money is being generated as well, the revenue from the spaces up there in the press box, the luxury boxes. All of that's going to be considered, but we're going to get into it more. Also, you can find me on Twitter today, at Paul Swan. Great place to find me on social media. And if you're on Facebook, we invite you to join our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan. I'd really appreciate that if you would join the page. We post a podcast and other stories there all the time, so constantly updating that. Look forward to seeing you on Facebook. More on the way. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. I mentioned earlier, Kentucky-Michigan College basketball matchup, which was scheduled for December 6th in London. It's been postponed until 2022 because of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, uh, it's uh, now going to be moved around part of a restructuring of the three-game series between the two schools. Schools were scheduled to highlight the inaugural Basketball Hall of Fame London Showcase doubleheader at the O2 Arena. Michigan will now host the Wildcats on December 4th, 2021 in Ann Arbor before the schools meet in London one year later. Kentucky will host the Wolverines in Lexington on December 2nd, 2023. I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty big get still, though, the fact they were able to, to rework that, but Michigan and Kentucky playing college basketball in London, I mean, that would really generate a lot of interest. And on a side note, you're just finding out more that young student athletes who want to go to, say, an American college overseas, they, they want to come and go to American college because it's a different system. And there's not that many opportunities for basketball 
at the collegiate level for them the way that the system is set up. I mean, with soccer or football, if you want to be correct about it overseas, it's a different system altogether. You're not going to college as a five-star recruit in the major sports in London or in England or in any major country in Europe. So this is an opportunity to grow the game. I mean, bring talent from overseas. I mean, international recruiting is going to be a big battleground here in the next 15, 20 years. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Now, we talked about earlier more things happening as far as restructuring, budgets, trying to figure out how to pay for everything. How to pay for everything, the fact that revenues have declined, the fact that the pandemic has cut off some revenue streams, and now athletic departments are trying to figure out how do we get by, not just the short term, but the long term. And so UTSA, a member of Conference USA, their athletic department, implemented a 10% salary reduction for the program's highest paid coaches and senior staff to combat a six-figure loss for the fiscal year due to the pandemic. Now, this is a letter that went out from Athletic Director Lisa Campos. She sent it to donors today, or I believe yesterday. It was yesterday the letter came out. In the letter, Campos said the reduction will last at least through August and applies to approximately 20% of the athletic staff with an anticipated 2.5% decrease in enrollment and a 10% drop in state funding. UTSA is projecting a $37 million revenue impact. They've also, according to a report a couple weeks ago, they also have eliminated all non-essential spending and implemented a hiring freeze. And that includes limiting summer financial aid to students who need the classes to graduate or remain eligible. Opportunities, of course, are going to shrink. I think you're going to see ticket sales decrease. If you're forced to limit fans or you don't have any fans whatsoever, I mean, then you're going to really lose out on some serious revenue, depending on the university. And, of course, bigger schools are going to take a bigger hit. UTSA, how much of a hit will they take? Depends, again, how much the ticket's worth, what the attendance looks like on average for them what it will look like in the, I don't mean to use it, but the new norm. The fact here is we could eventually see a point in time where only the major revenue sports are going to get funded across the board. Only the major revenue sports, the ones that are bringing in the money to run the athletic department. And so there could be a time it could mirror what happened with the recession, the great recession years and years ago. Before I was born and before many of you were born, there was a reduction in athletic programs across the country. It just happened because universities, colleges couldn't afford all these programs. And so there was a reduction. And we could get to that point where this becomes more commonplace that athletic programs are being shuttered, being retired, put on the shelf for a few years. It, it could have a major impact. It really could because the way the economic model is set up now, the way the structure is set up, football is paying for everything, completely paying for almost everything depending on the university. For those universities that are more basketball-centric, basketball is doing just fine. For those universities that maybe have football at a lower division or don't even carry football and basketball is the major sport, those institutions are doing fine. We've got some time between now and when college basketball is starting to start back up. But that's going to be a completely different story altogether. The good news, we haven't heard any cuts yet at Marshall. 
that's good news. Why is that good news? I mean, I don't know what's happening over there, but honestly, we find out some of this stuff because sometimes you get athletic directors that are completely chatty. Some of it is just the athletic director just likes to talk. And thankfully, you have an athletic director in Mike Hammer who's just taking care of business. I mean, honestly, has he gone around just, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that? No. The guy's focusing on business right now. He's not uh, sitting there blathering. And it makes it hard on me because I don't have a, a Mike Hammer quote now and then to talk about what they're doing. But at the same time, you know, he's focused on getting things done. I'm mean, not um, not trying to say that you know he eventually won't tell us what's happening. But I, I honestly think Marshall has had a more measured approach. I think that's fair. Marshall's had more of a measured approach because we haven't seen – Athletic directors go out just making stars of themselves, grandstanding. Oh, this is what needs to happen. Coaches aren't going out grandstanding on what needs to happen. Here's what has to happen in their opinion. I really think that Marshall has basically said, okay, let's look at what the landscape is going to be. Let's plot it out and let's deal with what the landscape is. Because anything we say will be taken as gospel or anything we say will have Different reactions, so it's better just to come out when we got something. And again, makes it hard for this show because I could use something every day. I mean, that's the challenge right now. That's the challenge. We're sitting and wait. We're still waiting. This is this is closer. We've moved the race further, the snail race further. We've got a few inches now because we've got football, men's and women's basketball, the ability to have voluntary athletic activities starting in June. So we've moved the football for we really have a little bit forward not much but we've placed it maybe on the 10 yard line maybe it's on the 10 yard right now we're looking for the end zone and we're on the 10 yard line with this that's at least my spot i'm spotting it on the 10 we got 90 yards to go we might lose some yards on a few plays we might pick up a chunk here or there but we're on the 10 yard line right now with everything ohio state They've got a big stadium. They're not going to get over 100,000 fans in that stadium. Why? Because I don't know if they're going to allow, be allowed to have a gathering of over 100,000. But they've got a plan if they're not able to have 100,000-plus in that stadium. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 877-420-TALK is the Miller Lite phone line. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. So Ohio Stadium, there's an option for Ohio State. If football goes as planned, and right now college athletics, they're planning on having college football. If high school football and college football and pro football can all come up with plans to pull this off, if we have school, if we have high school kids going to classes instead of remote learning, if all these things happen that will allow the minimum to get football teams back on the field, the next question is going to be, what about fans? Now, that's going to be, a, am sure, a case-by-case basis, a state-by-state case basis. Ohio Stadium, they've got a capacity that's nearly 105,000. So they've got room. You could spread out quite nicely at Ohio Stadium. What's the capacity, though, to pull this off? If you're going to operate with limited capacity, 
Athletic Director Gene Smith said that Ohio State has gamed out some scenarios using the Centers for Disease Control social distancing guidelines. He said that would mean a capacity of somewhere around 20 to 22,000 fans in Ohio Stadium, which that is definitely not 105,000. That's nowhere near that. That's 80% short. Here's what he said would happen. He said, Ticket distribution would likely follow the point system used for several years. He also added that Ohio State would need strategies to determine how to handle preferred groups such as donors, their varsity O club, player parents, other team, or athletic department guests, and students. Because you can't have fans in a you can't. You can't have fans in a stadium for college athletics. It's the students don't have a shot at this. Regular ticket buyer, you're going to have a hard time getting a ticket. If you're a donor, you're going to have a better time getting a, a ticket here. And the point system would have to be in place for all universities if they even went to something like this. But Ohio State, they at least could pull it off with twenty to 22,000 fans. I mean, that's nowhere near what game day looks like, but you have that as an option for them. They also said that they have, um, and this, I thought, needs to be addressed quickly. They said, and this is Gene Smith again, Athletic Director of Ohio State, there's currently no plan in place for what happens if a player tests positive for COVID-19 during a season in which games are being played. Now, that right there needs to be addressed. You got to have a plan, right? I would think you would have to have a plan. And, of course, they are trying to figure out what the protocols will be. They're going to implement protocols, of course, for the return of staff members to the facility since players are now going to be allowed back for voluntary workouts. So they're going to put all that in place, but they don't have a plan yet. I mean, it's candid on one point. Hey, we don't have a plan yet. Maybe they were thinking we're not going to get to this point until a while. Well, you need to have a plan. What if someone comes down with COVID-19 during the voluntary workouts. You got to have a plan. And that goes for everybody, not just Ohio State. But the fact he just came out and said, no plan. You better have a plan. I don't want to hear that. If I'm a student athlete, I mean, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But if I hear that, hey, you know, we don't have a plan in place, you should have a plan in place. I wouldn't even hazard that. He should have, honestly, I don't like to hear this, but he, maybe he should have said to the media, hey, we're working on some plans. Instead of, hey, you know, we don't have a plan. That's an easy fix. PR fix right there. Our plans aren't finalized right there. I don't have a plan because it's not finalized, but I basically said, hey, we're working on it. Plan's not finalized. I just fixed that for you. I'm sure they have a plan in place. I'm not I'm not saying that they're going about this just willy-nilly. They've got a plan coming, I'm sure. But that's going to be an interesting situation. Now, shrink this down. What does the 20% number, if that's the magic number, and if you're gaming this out, and now you've got a lot more to work with at Ohio State than you say you have at, I'm going to use UTSA as an example. Okay, maybe a bad example because maybe they don't even have that many fans to worry about. Let me bring it back to Marshall. So Marshall and a stadium that's nearly 40,000, and of course, you've got your facilities as well. And I don't know what the game plan would look like as far as being able to use the the press box. And there's another thing. You get into the press box, sometimes you've got just clusters of people, and you would want to limit that as much as possible, right? So you probably have to shrink the If you even went 
and said, we could do this. You probably have to shrink capacity. Not everybody gets in, but back to the seating arrangements. And again, we have no idea. Fans might not even be allowed. This could be something that doesn't happen or fans could be allowed, a limited amount of fans. I can't fathom that many fans being allowed, but it is not even June yet. We're not there. We'll see soon. Do you even make money? How much money? I mean, now, granted, more money than you would. You would make more money than you would if you didn't have fans. But at what point are you spending more money than you're making? Now, I'm sure television is going to cover some of that. You're going to bring in the television money. You're going to have that. You're going to have some fans if you bring them in. That'll generate some money. And that means you're going to have to have concessions. And that'll generate some money. But for some institutions... It might not make sense to open back up until you can truly have fans. And for others, you could probably get away with it. Ohio State could probably figure a way to pull this off and not take a complete bath. And, of course, Ohio State games are going to be televised, and you're going to see Buckeye games. You're going to be fine. What about schools that don't have television packages that good? Will every team in Conference USA, will their game be televised? Will it be on a live stream? Now, at Marshall, if the schedule has a hole in it, if there is a game that doesn't have a national or regional TV provider, then I'm pretty sure that game's going to be a candidate for either a Marshall-produced branded Facebook game or that'll be an ESPN Plus game. There are options there. That could be a boon for ESPN. An ESPN Plus subscription, you get all of these games. If you're a Herd fan this year, that ESPN Plus subscription, $4.99 a month. You're going to get your $4.99 out of that real quick. That could be the option here. But again, we're working with less information than the athletic directors have. They have an idea of what's happening, what the conversations are, what the television money is going to look like, if there's going to be a change in schedule, if they're gaming this out, if they're going to plan to have a full conference schedule, a limited conference schedule. If they're going to rework the schedule for travel, we don't know. And that goes to every conference. And honestly, if you're going to have college athletics, you better have good television because I don't know if fans are going to be allowed to come back in in, in large quantities, in large numbers. But we'll find out more, hopefully, here in the next few weeks. And we're getting to that point. We've got to know something soon. But again, we've spotted the ball on the 10-yard line. Maybe here in a couple of weeks we can get a first down. Maybe we can get on the 20 soon. we got a few plays. We've got some untimed downs. We've got some opportunity, but we're on the 10-yard line right now. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, May 20th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, the NCAA made themselves known today. Stephen F. Austin State University lacked institutional control when it improperly certified the academic eligibility for 82 student athletes in nine sports. That is according to an agreement released by the Division I Committee on Infractions. The university and the NCAA enforcement staff said the violations occurred when progress toward degree rules were not applied correctly to student-athlete certifications. 
The university and the enforcement staff used range identified by the Division I membership approved infractions guidelines to agree upon level one mitigated penalties for the university. Those penalties include a fine of $5,000 plus 0.5% of the budgets for the football and baseball programs, a 5% reduction in baseball scholarships during either the 2020-21 or 21-22 academic year, a reduction of one total men's basketball counter during either the 2021 or 21-22 academic year, and a 2.5% reduction in football scholarship during the 2021 and 21-22 academic years. Additionally, the university must return 50% of its share of units awarded based on the men's basketball team participation in the 2015-16 NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Championship. So Stephen F. Austin today feeling the wrath of the infractions committee. Staying a little bit closer to home high school football, if the season happens, in Ohio at least, they're going to be getting ready for an expanded playoff. Now, it won't take place until 2021, but the board of directors today from the Ohio High School Athletic Association voted, and it was unanimous, 9 to nothing, to expand the Ohio High School Athletic Association football playoffs from eight schools per region to 12 beginning in the 2021 season. Now, 9 nothing. that's pretty solid right there. You got everybody to agree, and it was based on a proposal from the Ohio High School Football Coaches Association. The coaches want more. Of course they do. The coaches want more. So we go from 8 to 12. Ohio's a bigger state. It's not that much of a big deal as far as watering the playoffs down. There are really some good teams that maybe miss the cut. So it's not that bad. It's not like some states where if you feel the team, you get in the playoffs. Now, during the first round of the playoffs, the top four seeds are going to have a bye, while the number 12 seed will play at the number five seed. The number 11 will play at the number six seed. 10 will be at 7, and 9 will face off against 8 because, well, that's just the way of things. The second round, the number 1 seed will play the winner of the 8-9. The 2 seed will play the winner of 6-11. The 3 seed will play the winner of 7-10. And the 4 seed will play the winner of 5 versus 12. So we're adding a week here. It's basically what we're doing. Now, the expansion will increase the number of football playoff qualifiers. Here's the jump here. You're looking at it from the micro here. Let's expand this here. The number of football playoff qualifiers go from 224 to 336. Last year, there were 709 schools in Ohio that played 11-man football. Football is the only high school team sport in the state, which not every school qualifies for the postseason. That's not to say that's a bad thing that not everybody qualifies, but now you bump the number up. You go from 224 to 336. So you're increasing your playoffs from eight schools per region to 12. And then you do the numbers there. You go from 224 to 336. Almost half. Not quite. I know I'm rounding. I'm doing I'm doing a little media math here. But still, 336. It's a bigger chunk. It's going to make some people happy. You're getting to 12 now. So some other teams are going to get an opportunity. They're going to get a shot. That, uh, that 11 seed is going to get that shot that maybe it didn't get. 
that 12 seed. That might be the first time that a 12 seed gets in and has an opportunity to run the table now. I mean, we could have that storyline. Or this could be a school that hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time. Is there that school that's out there that hasn't been, that has never qualified? Is that football school out there? I don't know the the minutia here, the history, but you could have those storylines. Long time before this school has gotten in, now they can get in because before they just missed the cut, now they get in. So you're expanding high school athletics in Ohio. But again, this begins in 2021. Uh, I hope West Virginia leaves it alone. I know they're making basketball different, but leave football alone. I mean, first of all, West Virginia is a smaller state. You just can't increase the playoffs. You can't do it. Smaller state, you don't have the numbers. I mean, after all, we're talking about 709 schools in Ohio that play football. 709. A lot more playing in Ohio. A lot more opportunity. A lot more chances for a kid to make a football team. There's a bigger population here. And so you're expanding the opportunity for these kids to make the postseason and leave West Virginia alone, though. I, I like the formula. I like the way West Virginia is set up. So if you weren't with us earlier, I've got two things for you. One, you can catch the show on our podcast. All you have to do is download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcast. Or here's what you need to do. Tune in earlier because you missed, of course, the NCAA Division I Council approving the start of voluntary athletic activities in football men's and women's basketball beginning June 1st, and it's going to run from June 1st to June 30th. Other sports are going to be added on a later date or activated. We'll find out, but really you're starting with football, men's and women's basketball, basically where the money's at. The money's at football. Football's paying the bills for the most part. For some schools, basketball's paying the bills. So football and basketball getting the go-ahead to have voluntary athletic activities Each school, I'm sure, will have a plan in place how that's going to work, what's going to look like, what social distancing rules will be implemented, how do you handle that, what the testing is going to look like. Uh, I'm interested to hear what, at least locally, what the universities in our region are going to do, specifically, of course, for us with Marshall. So that's something that I'm sure we'll follow. We'll find out more as we get closer to that, but I'm sure there'll be plans already activated since the word's coming down that this is going to happen as the universities we're making ready just in case will these be open i don't think so i mean are we going to start seeing the beginning of closed practices when we get back to some sort of activity not just these voluntary activities but when we get to a point where you are having practices i mean a lot of times you'd have practices and you'd have workouts and and you'd have fans who would go. Sometimes if you were a big green member, there were certain days where only you could go. Will those activities change? I know we're, we're jumping a little ahead of ourselves, but that's where we're at right now. And with that said, that does it for today's edition here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, you can go to the website right now, wrvc.com. You can download our streaming app for your phone, iPhone, and Android-capable. Also, we have our Alexa app. All you have to do is go to our website to find the link to enable it. And that's real simple. It's WRVC.com. Then you can ask your smart device to play either our podcast or you can ask your smart device to play the radio station. We hope you do that real soon. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Good night, everyone.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.